Chapter 8, Part 5 of The Pit. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. True to his word, Jadwin reached his home that evening promptly at the promised hour. As he came into the house, however, the doorman met him in the hall, and as he took his master's hat and stick, explained that Mrs. Jadwin was in the art gallery, and that she had said he was to come there at once. Laura had planned a little surprise. The art gallery was darkened. Here and there, behind the dull blue shades, a light burned low, but one of the movable reflectors that were used to throw a light upon the pictures in the topmost rows was burning brilliantly. It was turned from Jadwin as he entered, and its broad cone of intense white light was thrown full upon Laura, who stood over against the organ in the full costume of Theodora. For an instant Jadwin was taken all aback. "'What the devil?' he ejaculated stopping short in the doorway laura ran forward to him the chains ornaments and swinging pendants chiming furiously as she moved i did surprise you i did surprise you she laughed isn't it gorgeous she turned about before him her arms raised isn't it superb do you remember bernhardt and that scene in the emperor justinian's box at the amphitheatre say now that your wife isn't beautiful i am am i not she exclaimed defiantly her head raised say it say it well what for a girl gasped jadwin to get herself up say that i am beautiful commanded laura well i just about guess you are he cried the most beautiful woman you have ever known she insisted then on the instant added oh i may be really as plain as a kitchen-maid but you must believe that i am not i would rather be ugly and have you think me beautiful than to be the most beautiful woman in the world and have you think me plain tell me am i not the most beautiful woman you ever saw the most beautiful i ever saw he repeated fervently but lord what will you do next whatever put it into your head to get up to this rig oh i don't know i just took the notion you've seen me in every one of my gowns i sent down for this this morning just after you left curtis if you hadn't made me love you enough to be your wife laura dearborn would have been a great actress i feel it in my fingertips ah she cried suddenly flinging up her head till the pendants of the crown clashed again i could have been magnificent you don't believe it listen this is athalia the queen in the old testament do you remember hold on he protested i thought you were this uh, theodora person i know but never mind i am anything i choose sit down listen it's from racine's athalie and the wicked queen has had this terrible dream about her mother jezebel it's french but i'll make you see and taking stage as it were in the centre of the room laura began son sombre vers mon lit à paru s'est passé et moi je lui tendais les mains pour l'embrasser mais je n'ai plus trouvé qu'un horrible mélange dansé la charme et traîne dans la fange des lambeaux pleins de sang et des membres affreux que le chien devorant se disputant entre eux 
great god exclaimed jadwin ignorant of the words yet in spite of himself carried away by the fury and passion of her rendering laura struck her palms together just what abner says she cried the very words abner in the play i knew i could make you feel it well well murmured her husband shaking his head bewildered even yet well uh, it's a strange wife i've got here when you've realized that returned laura you have just begun to understand me never had he seen her gayer her vivacity was bewildering i wish she cried all at once i wish i had dressed as carmen and i would have danced for you oh and you could have played the air for me on the organ i have the costume upstairs now wait i will i will sit right where you are no fi fix the attachment to the organ while i'm gone oh be gay with me tonight she cried throwing her arms around him this is my night isn't it and i am to be just as foolish as i please with the words she ran from the room but was back in an incredibly short time gowned as bizet's cigarette girl a red rose in her black hair castanets upon her fingers jadwin began the bolero can you see me dance and play at the same time yes yes go on how do you know anything about a spanish dance i learned it long ago i know everything about anything i choose tonight play play it fast she danced as though she would never tire with the same force of passion that she had thrown into athalie her yellow skirt was a flash of flame spurting from the floor and her old body seemed to move with the same wild untamed spirit as a tongue of fire the castanets snapped like the crackling of sparks her black mantilla was a hovering cloud of smoke she was incarnate flame capricious and riotous elusive and dazzling then suddenly she tossed the castanets far across the room and dropped upon the couch panting and laughing there she cried now i feel better that had to come out come over here and sit by me now maybe you'll admit that i can dance too you sure can answered jadwin as she made a place for him among the cushions that was wonderful but at the same time old girl i wouldn't uh, wouldn't uh, wouldn't what well do too much of that it's sort of overwrought a little and unnatural i like you best when you are your old self quiet and calm and dignified it's when you are quiet that you are at your best i didn't know you had this streak in you you are that excitable tonight let me be so then it's myself for the moment whatever it is but now i'll be quiet now we'll talk have you had a hard day oh and did your head bother you again no things were a little easier downtown today but that queer feeling in my head did come back as i was coming home and my head aches a little now besides your head aches she exclaimed let me do something for it and i've been making it worse with all my foolishness no no that's all right he assured her i'll tell you what we'll do i'll lie down here a bit and you play something for me something quiet i get so tired down there in la salle street laura you don't know 
and while he stretched out at full length upon the couch his wife at the organ played the music she knew he liked best old songs daisy dean lord lovell when stars are in the quiet sky and open thy lattice to me when at length she paused he nodded his head with pleasure that's pretty he said ah that is blame pretty honey it's just like medicine to me he continued to lie here quiet like this with the lights low and have my dear girl play those old old tunes my old governor laura used to play that open thy lattice to me that and father oh father come home with me now used to play him on his fiddle his arm under his head he went on looking vaguely at the opposite wall lord love me i can see that kitchen in the old farmhouse as plain the walls were just logs and plaster and there were upright supports in each corner where we used to measure our heights we children and the fireplace was there he added gesturing with his arm and uh, there was the wood box and over there was an old kind of dresser with drawers and the tortoise-shell cat always had her kittens under there honey i was happy then of course i've got you now and that's all the difference in the world but you're the only thing that does make a difference we've got a fine place and a mint of money i suppose and i'm proud of it well i don't know if they'd let me be and put us two just you and me back in the old house with the bare floors and the rawhide chairs and the shuck beds i guess we'd manage if you're happy you're happy that's about the size of it and sometimes i think that we'd be happier you and i chumming along shoulder to shoulder poor and working hard and making big money and spending big money why oh i don't know if you're happy that's the thing that counts and if all this stuff he kicked out a careless foot at the pictures the heavy hangings the glass cabinets of bibelots if all this stuff stood in the way of it well it could go to the devil that's not poetry maybe but it's the truth laura came over to where her husband lay and sat by him and took his head in her lap smoothing his forehead with her long white hands oh if i could only keep you like this always she murmured keep you untroubled and kind and true this is my husband again oh you are a man curtis a great strong kind-hearted man with no little graces no petty culture no trivial fine speeches nor false sham imitation polish i love you i love you love you dear old girl said jadwin stroking her hand do you want me to read to you now she asked just this is pretty good it seems to me as he spoke there came a step in the hall and a knock laura sat up frowning i told them i was not to be disturbed she exclaimed under her breath then come in she called mr gretry sir announced the servant said he wished to see you at once sir tell him cried laura turning quickly to jadwin tell him we're not at home and that you can't see him i've got to see him answered jadwin sitting up 
He wouldn't come here himself unless it was for something important. "'Can I come in, Jay?' spoke the broker from the hall. And even through the thick curtains they could hear how his voice rang with excitement and anxiety. "'Can I come in? I, I followed the servant right up, you see. I, I know—' "'Yes, uh, yes, come in,' answered Jadwin. Laura, her face flushing, threw a fold of the couch cover over her costume as Gretry, his hat still on his head, stepped quickly into the room. Jadwin met him halfway, and Laura, from her place on the couch, heard the rapidly spoken words between the general and his lieutenant. "'Now we're in for it,' Gretry exclaimed. "'Yes, well?' Jadwin's voice was as incisive and quick as the fall of an axe. "'I've just found out,' said Gretry, "'that Crooks and his crowd are going to take hold tomorrow. "'They'll be held to pay in the morning. "'They're going to attack us the minute the gong goes.' "'Who's with them?' I don't know. Nobody does. Sweeney, of course, but he has a gang back of him. Besides, he's got good credit with the banks. I told you you'd have to fight him sooner or later. Well, we'll fight him then. Don't get scared. Crooks ain't the great mogul. Holy Moses, I'd like to know who it is then. I am. And he's got to know it. There's not room for Crooks and me in this game. One of us two has got to control this market. If he gets in my way by God, I'll smash him. Well then, Jay, you and I have got to do some tall talking tonight. You'd better come down to the Grand Pacific Hotel right away. Court is there already. It was him, nervy little cuss, that found out about Crooks. Can you come now, at once? Uh, good, good evening, Mrs. Jadwin. I'm sorry to take him from you, but business is business. No, it was not. To the wife of the great manipulator, listening with a sinking heart to this courier from the front, it was battle. The battle of the streets was again in array. Again the trumpet sounded, again the rush of thousands of feet filled all the air. Even here, here in her home, her husband's head upon her lap, in the quiet and stillness of her hour, the distant rumble came to her ears. Somewhere, far off there in the darkness of the night, the great forces were maneuvering for position once more. Tomorrow would come the grapple, and one or the other must fall, her husband or the enemy. How keep him to herself when the great conflict impended? She knew how the thunder of the captains and the shoutings appealed to him. She had seen him almost leap to his arms out of her embrace. He was all the man she had called him, and less strong, less eager, less brave, she would have loved him less. Yet she had lost him again. Lost him at the very moment she believed she had won him back. Don't go, don't go, she whispered to him as he kissed her goodbye. Oh, dearest, don't go. This was my evening. I must. I must, Laura. Goodbye, old girl. Don't keep me... See, Sam is waiting. He kissed her hastily, twice. Now, Sam, he said, turning toward the broker. Good night, Mrs. Jadwin. Good night, old girl. They turned toward the door. You see, young Court was down there at the bank, and he noticed the checks. The voices died away as the hangings of the entrance fell to place. The front door clashed and closed. Laura sat upright in her place, listening, one fist pressed against her lips. There was no more noise. The silence of the vast empty house widened around her at the shutting of the door as the ripples widen on a pool with the falling of a stone. 
She crushed her knuckles tighter and tighter over her lips. She pressed her fingers to her eyes. She slowly clasped and reclasped her hands, listening for what she did not know. She thought of her husband hurrying away from her, ignoring her, and her love for him in the haste and heat of battle. She thought of Corthell, whom she had sent from her forever, shutting his love from out her life. Crushed, broken, Laura laid herself down among the cushions, her face buried in her arm. Above her and around her rose the dimly lit gallery, lowering with luminous shadows. Only a point or two of light illuminated the place. The gold frames of the pictures reflected it dully. The massive organ pipes, just outlined in faint blurs of light, towered far into the gloom above. The whole place, with its half-seen gorgeous hangings, its darkened magnificence, was like a huge, dim interior of Byzantium. Lost beneath the great height of the dome, and in the wide reach of the floor space, in her foolish finery of bangles, silks, high comb, and little rosetted slippers, Laura Jadwin lay half-hidden among the cushions of the couch. If she wept, she wept in silence, and the muffling stillness of the lofty gallery was broken but once, when a cry, half-whisper, half-sob, rose to her deaf, blind darkness. Oh, now I am alone, alone, alone. End of chapter 8